I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. And we are live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Sales Team Rescue. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. And today I have got a special guest with me. Now, normally, yes, it's that guy. Normally, (laughs) we are talking about sales teams. And normally in the traditional sense of sales teams, as in build up this huge sales force and have them go out and do your sales for you. But one of the areas that uh, we often overlook when we talk about sales teams is when you're building an organization where everybody is uh, self-employed or working for themselves. And so our next guest or today's guest specializes in this area. So I want to introduce you to Jason Petrunic. He is a former major market radio announcer, but after 17 years, stepped away from the microphone and walked into the world of multi-level marketing. (laughs) That's good. You like that? (laughs) Jason quickly became one of the company's global leaders of of customer acquisition and went on to grow one of the largest teams in North America. Jason now runs showcase trade shows and dabbles in real estate, has a small dog sitting company, uh, is the host of the Launchpad podcast and is in the process of writing his first personal development book. Jason, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Well, thank you very much for having me, Jeremy. Uh, I'm going to apologize in advance in case the dogs kind of go, you know, apeshit. Can I say that? I just did. You just did. I did. I did. And I know the caliber of guests that you've had on this show uh, have been incredibly high, which speaks a lot about you. And also to let people know about Jeremy's book, if you have not picked it up, you, uh, you should. It's a good read. Uh, I'm into it a couple of chapters already. Uh, so most definitely pick that up. So honestly, uh, for you to have me on this show, uh, I am truly honored. Thank you very much. And hopefully I can live up to expectation. Well, we'll we, we set the bar pretty high, but I'm sure you'll do just fine. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> so uh, now it's interesting, Jason. So you and I met about a year ago and it was, um, uh, you know, a mutual friend of ours invited me out. I was new to the city. And he said, come on out, there's this local event. And I went, oh, all right, fine. It was an excuse to get out of the house because when I first moved to Ottawa, I was kind of turning into a hermit for the first first few weeks. Um, But one thing I noticed about you is that people gravitated towards you. And there was this level of leadership, this level of confidence um, that to me just showed like you were one of the guys that people just wanted to be around. And I saw just that day that it allowed you to build this organization through a network marketing organization. And to, you know, even now, you know, people are following you. People look to you as a leader, whether it's in this organization, whether it's in um, networking groups that we're both a part of. Um, And so I wanted to bring you on because one of the the key pieces uh, in developing a business, of course, is generating those sales and having those people go out and convert. But, uh, we run into situations where one in uh, like community groups, people are all volunteer. And for network marketing, well, this is rarely uh, or network marketing, multi-level marketing. Uh, this is rarely someone's primary source of income. So often bringing them along and and um, encouraging them, inspiring them, pushing them, shoving them, whatever it might be to mm-hmm. to do what's necessary for them to see the benefits to themselves in growing their own business can be really tough. 
Yeah, well, you nailed you nailed it right on the head. It's a volunteer army. And I think what that does in regards to the sales process, because it's very much the same, it just speeds it up. Like I found when getting back into traditional business, I would talk to people about what they were looking for in their business, so on and so forth. And then when we were done the meeting and we've all taken our notes, someone would say, yeah, can you send that to me? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean send that to you? Like, I thought we had that conversation uh, right now, right now with a volunteer army. Uh, people are moving at a different pace. So there's still an 80-20 rule, right? 80% of people are just going to be fluffy and this and that, want to get together for the events, uh, et cetera. And then there's going to be the 20% of people that are going to move, that are going to grow, that want to evolve and help expand their business, maybe turn this into an extra couple of thousand dollars a month, maybe have aspirations to go on to be six-figure income earners. But of course, that comes with work. So you still have to be that person that people know, likes, and trust, right? Because especially when you're dealing with MLM, and I'm just going to identify the elephant in the room, (laughs) that there's a stigma that's attached to it. And just like any other type of sales, there's sleazy salespeople, and there's people in the MLM world uh, that are sleazy too. Uh, The best thing about network marketing is that anyone can do it. And the worst thing about network marketing is that anybody can do it. Well, and let's let's just talk about that really quick, because I walked into a room once and somebody said, I hate network marketing Mm -hmm. and I lost it. I like I'm normally pretty calm um, and I'm a fan of many, many different business models. And of course, every business model has the pros and the cons, like you mentioned. But network marketing is not bad. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest challenges that that I've seen, and I've been involved with multiple different network marketing companies. I'm not currently involved with one right now. Um, but I found the problem is that when people oversell it and it's whether, you know, it, it just happens to happen frequently in network marketing, it's, you can become a millionaire, you know, you can, uh, you know, pay off your house, uh, when, you know, but whenever I heard you speak about it, it's, you know, if you want to make a couple hundred bucks a month, I can show you how that can happen. And, yes. and I think that's, that's a huge difference because you're not selling this dream of, you know, financial freedom, which so many do you, you're talking about it. Like it is, you said there's work. And most companies, most reps don't talk about there being work. They're like, oh, you're going to tell two friends. They're going to tell two friends. And next thing you know, you're going to have this organization. You're going to be financially free and they'll be spinning, you know, pina coladas on the beach. Yeah. Well, I'll show you how, Jeremy, for $4.99. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I can do it. <laughs> I can do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the thing, right, is the false expectations And I've never been that type of person. I've always been a type of individual that leads from the heart. And that doesn't always necessarily mean that I'm going to be the most successful person. You know, you'll often hear that the people that do well in business are, are, are the ones that, you know, necessarily don't care about what other people think about them. And, and, you know, that's true. You don't always have to be the most well-liked person in the room, but those people also know that they have to delegate and they have to find those people that other people do like to do all that liking and loving and hugging and kissing and all that for them. Uh, I would always tell people when it came to MLM, if you're looking to make a couple extra hundred bucks a month, uh, straight up, I don't think there's anything better that you can do than go out there and find a passion. It doesn't have to be something that I'm involved in. Uh, if it's about weight loss, do that. If it's about experiences, do that. If you like nails, do that. If you like Sensi, do that. Whatever it might be, uh, find something that you gravitate towards. Uh, and just share it genuinely. And if you're sharing something genuinely, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. We do it all the time. Unfortunately, it's just for big corporations that don't really care too much about us. No one has a problem saying, hey, go to Costco and steaks are on sale. But Costco, like that's a huge MLM. 
you know, that's referral marketing. That's someone talking to their friend and saying, you should go to Costco and pay to do your grocery shopping now uh, when it's otherwise for free. Right. Uh, and, and but it, people don't make that connection. Yeah. And I think one of the, the big, I don't know, myths, I guess, to dispel is network marketing is simply when an organization decides to take what would normally be their marketing budget. And instead of putting ads all over the place, they want to distribute it throughout the organization and promote each individual person in sharing, referring their friends, family, colleague, whatever to the, to the group. Right. Mm -hmm. And so many companies have referral programs that have some similarities to network marketing, mm -hmm. um, the financial business, the real estate business, some of the real estate business, they all have a, a brokerage structure where uh, the, you know, the person that's leading the office gets an override on, you know, the real estate agents or, you know, financial advisors, whatever they sell. Um, mm -hmm. Even in sales, right? Sales managers typically, um, if their compensation is designed properly, have some kind of incentive when their team does well. Absolutely. Right? So this this is a very standard model. But what's happened is we've put this nasty little, I don't even call it a ribbon, like this wrapper around this, oh, it's this kind of business where somebody decided to not put money into billboards and TV ads and just give it to people. And I'm not sure yeah. why that concept is so so negative. But well, it's also really interesting too, though, how you mentioned in regards to it's not people's first gig, right? It's something that people do on the side. So I really find it odd, and I guess that's why you know, in regards to uh, the, the type of person that generally you look to lead would be an influencer, right? Because they can kind of override that that negative stigma that might be there. I personally haven't gotten a whole bunch of it. I find the more green you are in the business uh, when you're starting out, which is why it's so important to have a mentor, uh, is that some people's circles are not as warm uh, to the whole idea. Uh, but you know, when I'm a radio announcer and that's my full-time gig, and then on the side, I was just doing some weight loss, I'm surprised that people gravitate so much towards the network marketing element of what somebody is doing and kind of put their, their regular gig into a void. Uh, the vast majority of people that I know and that I've worked with have truly gravitated towards something that they're passionate about and they just want to share it with other people. And I'll tell you, for other people that are out there, and I understand that everyone's getting pitched a bazillion times uh, each and every day now, but chances are that if somebody reaches out to you and they're sharing something like this with you, they are passionate about it. And there's nothing that would be more discouraging than uh, that person that reaches out to you that knows, likes, and trusts you that you'll at least be open to, to listen to the spiel or whatever it might be, listen to them fumble over their words and just at least be there, you know, to receive, to receive the message, maybe show up at a party or whatever it might be uh, and give them that little bit of encouragement that they need because you're so important to them opposed to have them just stepping away from something that was really important. Right. Right. And, and I think, um, you know, as we, you know, talk about how, uh, network marketing doesn't have to be a bad thing. And, you know, people just want to go and, and generate some extra cash. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think it's really important. You're right to, to support people. Um, and if it's not for you, that's okay. Right. What, one thing I did hear when I was involved in one is some will, some won't. So what, mm -hmm. you know, and it, it's a, a totally different shift from go chase your friends and family. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's the attachment to the outcome. And this applies not only just to network marketing, but to all sales, if, if you detach yourself from the outcome and you make it about the process, you're much more likely to have success because you're not chasing a specific carrot. You're saying, okay, today I'm going to make four sales calls or I'm going to reach out to four of my friends or four people on a lead list. 
Mm-hmm. And of those four, I'm going to get one on the phone. And by mm-hmm. the end of the week, I might have two sales, you know, and, and it's a numbers game. Um, and I just, I don't know. And I'm going to harp on this probably too much, but it just bothers me that network marketing gets a bad rap because it just, it's, it's only because there's been so many people pitch it poorly to people that mm-hmm. suddenly this structure that works in many, many other spots in our regular everyday life is suddenly become a disgruntled industry. Sure. And a, and a great, you know, parallel to that would be, you know, you go to a, a garage that that's reputable and there is somebody new, you know, that, that's working there like an apprentice and the apprentice just happens to get your car, makes a mistake. And now people blame the garage for that. Now, yes, they have to take accountability, but it was somebody new that was working on the car. Mistakes happen. Network marketing. There's a lot of people that are brand new uh, and brand new people are going to mistake, are going to make mistakes. And when you make mistakes, that's when you learn. Uh, and that's when you grow, right? You have to make mistakes if you want to get better. And I would even argue, you know, the the personal development that everyone's into right now, that everyone holds dear to their heart. Can I do it like that? Yeah, one of those. Like <laughs> uh, you know, I would argue that network marketing is responsible for that movement. Uh, it's not to say that, you know, personal development and the Jim Rohns and the Tony Robbins and people like that weren't around uh, before, but what brought it to the masses, And that would be MLM, where you have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions, now countless tens of millions of people all over the world, uh, where personal development plays a very strong role in the network uh, marketing realm. Well, and I think I kind of had that epiphany when I was actually being interviewed on your podcast, Mm -hmm. um, Launchpad Podcast, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I realized that the first time I was introduced to anybody like that, it was was a network marketing. And I was going on this... Uh, to this event that was all going to be, you know, about, you know, energy, motivation, strategy, like the tactical stuff as well. But one of the big pieces is like people handing you a CD back in those days, mm-hmm. handing you a CD and saying, listen to this. Yeah. And it makes you think differently. And now, I mean, I know you as well, uh, you know, consider Jim Rohn to be a mentor. And that's like, for a longest time, I had Jim Rohn's picture up on my wall. Yeah, that's and- scary. <laughs> like just tell me it wasn't in the bedroom <laughs> yeah, <you know? laughs> but but for those of you that don't know jim Rohn was the person that gave tony robbins his first job in personal development right like he was tony robbins mentor but jim Rohn got to start network marketing yeah and, and uh, you were just starting to quote jim Rohn in regards to the law of averages that's one of my favorite pieces uh yeah. by jim Rohn, and to yeah. see you know two completely different dynamics Speaking about the the same thing, it just goes to show you the power. Uh, I I wasn't a big fan of Tony Robbins, and I in your book I, I read that you know Tony Robbins in Halifax that was the big uh, turnover for you, right? And I remember when someone handed me a CD of Tony Robbins, and I just wasn't having any of it. Like his voice was too strong. I didn't even know he swore in the beginning. On his CDs, it doesn't swear. It was only when I started seeing his live stuff, and he was saying like, "What is going on?" I think I fucking like this guy, yeah. uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, he's a little bit later, you know, in the game, but you know, Jim Rohn, like these guys, the, the originals. And uh, I don't know if you bring your personal life into this at all in regards to your podcast, uh, but you know, your, your lady friend, uh, you know, you were saying how, you know, you found the right one when your lady friend is quoting Jim Rohn, like that to you would be telling you like, you're the most handsome man in the world. It was just, you know, so uh, personal development for, for people that have not found it. And I'm going to guess that most people that are listening to this podcast right now, they have. Uh, but to never be afraid to go back to the basics, go back to the people that maybe scared you or didn't appeal to you uh, in the beginning. If life was all just about chasing the things that we thought we would like, 
Uh, and a lot of people do that. Imagine the things uh, that you're going to miss out on. And one of the segments that I used to do in radio was called Words of Wisdom Wednesday. And one of them was burnt bacon and peanut butter. And when you say burnt bacon and peanut butter to most people, you think, ooh, that would be gross. Uh, right? <laughs> and there was one There was one day at the radio station, uh, a burger place came in and brought a whole bunch of burgers. And one of the burgers actually had bacon and peanut butter on it. And before I even took my first bite of the burger, I took all the peanut butter off. And I took a bite. And I was like, hmm, that's pretty good. And I could still taste a little bit of the peanut butter. And I went back and I put the rest of the peanut butter back on the burger. And I had a full-on uh, bacon and peanut butter burger. Uh, the point of that roundabout story is that that was something I didn't even think I would like. But because I gave it a chance, it was something that I did. And it opened up a whole bunch of other opportunities for me. So don't be closed-minded to things that you don't necessarily think you're, that you'd like. Uh, give them an opportunity. And you never know how it will make you grow. Love it. Love it. So one thing that I do like about having the the reference or comparison to network marketing is it's a really great example of when people don't necessarily shut off their work at five o'clock because most people are doing this in the evenings and the weekends while they're still working their day job. So in that scenario, first of all, give me some tips on how you can create this volunteer army and have them actually produce results because whether and it applies to any sales team, right? Volunteers are a little tougher even, uh, but you know, commission reps, it, it's all kind of in, in alignment here. T tell me what your experience is there. You know, that's a really interesting question because often when people get started, it's just kind of, you throw everything up against the wall and you see what sticks. I would always suggest that you do look for the influencers, not necessarily people that are too successful, I say. Usually you hear six-figure uh, six income earners and above, things of that nature. But sometimes people are just too busy. Uh, some people are just too hard to train. <laughs> there, I, I find one of the stigmas in network marketing, there's a lot of people that I believe would be really good at it. They don't do it or they don't give it 100% uh, out of fear because they're so good at everything else and they know that the odds of doing as well in network marketing are probably not as great. Mm -hmm. uh, and they they kind of, they shy away from it. It's better just to say that they kind of did it a little bit and give it 100% opposed to giving it 100% and just not making it. So look for people that are coachable. Uh, look for people that are ambitious, that have strong networks. It's not to say uh, that they have to be a really popular person. Do they know popular people? Uh, and depending on what type of network marketing business you're in, I mean, obviously looking for people that have uh, like-minded uh, type scenarios to pull from. So uh, if you're all about vacationing, you're looking for other people that vacation. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be looking for people that don't necessarily like going on vacation because they might know a whole bunch of people uh, that like going on vacation. Uh, and then also just looking for people that you like spending your time around. I've always enjoyed building my business the second and third time around uh, with people that I really like. Uh, when I first got started, I fell into that hole, just throw everything up against the wall. And I kind of got what I got. Some people were my friends, some people weren't. And so what? Uh, opposed to my second build, uh, it, it was something that I believed, I'll just call it the experience market. Uh, that was my side gig, and <laughs> which turned into my full-time gig. And uh, to be able to reach out to people that I know I'd enjoy doing these things with. That's what made it so easy for me to share because it was really coming from my heart. So I believe as long as you're coming from the heart, that's the type of person 
uh, that you're going to want to work with. He's going to gravitate or she's going to gravitate towards you. That's just the law of attraction. And don't take it personally when people say no. That's just someone that you weren't supposed to work with. You know, and you'll often hear people use, you know, the analogy of asking people out for coffee. Hey, Jerry, do you want to go for coffee? If Jeremy says he doesn't want to go for coffee, that's okay. Jeremy doesn't want to go for coffee. I'll ask him another time. I'm not going to stop asking all my friends to go to coffee because I had that one poor experience. Right. right. But I'd be hurt, though. You would hurt that thing <laughs> because I'd want to be going for coffee with you. <laughs> I think you still owe me a coffee, don't you? Just kidding. I think I do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's go even further onto the, the topic of work-life balance, because that's another thing that salespeople or people in network marketing um, struggle with, because people want to, especially if you're commission-based on the sales side, you just want to keep going and going and going. And every moment you feel like you need to be on, especially if you're um, in a business development role, like in a network marketing company, uh, mm-hmm. where anybody could be your customer. Mm-hmm. How do you... How do you balance that out? Oh, boy. I remember never putting my phone down, Jeremy. <laughs> it was awful. It didn't matter what I was doing. If there was an opportunity to make a sale, uh, I did. And I kind of still do. But what I make sure to do is with the rest of my time, I'm much more laid back. And it's really interesting. We've kind of had this conversation on a couple of different occasions when I ask people, you know, how much money they want to make. And they say they want to make $100,000. And I say, well, why do you want to make $100,000? And they don't really know. That's just a number that they think they want. I said, well, you know, would you use that $100,000 to maybe become mortgage free? Oh, like now that's something completely different. Now it doesn't even matter if you make $100,000 anymore a year because you really don't have anything to pay for. That's people's uh, main expense would be their mortgage. Now you could use $50,000 to do a lot of travel. That's a lot of travel or continue to go out there uh, and make your 100000 whatever floats your boat. Uh, just make sure that the goals that you're setting are goals of your own, not goals that you've heard from a company or goals that uh, you've seen other people go out there and achieve and just try to make those yours. Uh, really sit down and identify how much money that you want to make. What do you want to use that money for? Maybe you want to use it uh, to start your own charitable organization. My work-life balance comes into the fact that I want to be mortgage-free, and I'm really fortunate that I'm in a position to where uh, I have enough assets and cash flow in place that if I wanted to just be mortgage-free, I could. But I don't mind that hustle, Uh, but I definitely don't want to do that grind. And we've talked about hustle and grind, and the grind is, you know, that's the the nitty-gritty kind of stuff that you have to do to support your business uh, on the outside to where a lot of my businesses right now, they are kind of, they're in place, they're solid uh, to where I don't mind doing the hustle to keep those things going and growing. Mm. Uh, but for me, I really just want to be outside enjoying the sunshine during the day. I don't want to be co- in coffee shops. I have plenty of time to do that during the winter. We live in a cold climate. We're in, we're in Canada, the great white North. Uh, it lives up to the name uh, once, you know, December and January hits. Uh, so, that that's my truth. Uh, that's the way that that I choose to live my life. Just uh, the the one major thing I would say, and, and it doesn't necessarily fall into work life balance, but just a little bit of advice uh, in regards to you know just how you spend your money is that the money that you aren't spending is money that you're you're saving. There's so many people that think it all. It's always about what's coming in, what's coming in, what's coming in. It's also about what's coming out. Uh, and the example I'll use will be going on vacation. There's been times where uh, I had the opportunity to go on vacation. Maybe it was going to cost me 2000 bucks over that week, two weeks that I was going to be gone. Uh, I, I'm not tending as much attention to some of my businesses or possibly saying no to uh, a couple of dog bookings. Uh, and I'm losing it on 15 to $2,000 right there. 
Uh, so that's a $4,000 swing. So you know what I decided to do? Not take that trip. I'll take that trip another time. I'll, I'll take that money uh, and then I'll at least break even. Uh, know what I mean? Opposed to people that are always chasing their money. And a lot of people that are in network marketing or starting in network marketing, they're look, looking to make a little bit more money. Yep. Uh, that's something that I would suggest that they they obviously look at. Be very careful of the money going out opposed to the money going in. So total opportunity costs of everything. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. And it's interesting. One thing I want to pull out actually is that uh, you're talking about being clear on why you have a goal. And uh, I was reading a book called uh, The Dream Manager, I think it's called. And it is a, it's a fable, but it's about um, a, a company that actually develops a position called The Dream Manager. And the sole role is to speak to the employees one-on-one, almost like a counseling session, but to help them design their dreams and help them move forward into achieving them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a part that we miss a lot when it comes to leading teams mm-hmm. because it's easy, especially if you have a large sales team, it's easy for everybody to become a number. But whether it's like if you want a high-performance sales team or you want a high-performance network marketing team, you need to make the people matter. People want to feel important. And if they don't, they're not going to be committed. They're not going to be engaged. You're not going to get the results. Mm-hmm. And, and when you have that level of commitment, you create momentum. And that's why when you go to a large event like that one that I met you at, well, there were probably a couple dozen people there. Mm-hmm. And that's just was locally here. And, it, you know, it wasn't a complicated event. It was, I mean, yeah, it, was it was a walk. A walk. We, we, <laughs> we went for a walk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Booster dues, feel free to send me a check for that plug. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be complicated. Just people committed to the goal, committed to helping each other. And, and the culture is, is super, super important. So, so thank you for th- sharing that. I think that's a big deal. Um, mm-hmm. Now I want to dive into the lightning round. Okay. I didn't really warn you about, but no. But anyway. <laughs> oh, celebrate and delegate, by the way. Uh, those are the two keys. Yeah. Celebrate and delegate. Celebrate, celebrate everybody. It doesn't matter how small the victory. For some people, it was just getting on a team call. And when they got on that team call, I made sure to highlight and say, hey, everyone give a big shout out to Victoria for uh, being on that call. And for the lovey-dovey stuff, like I am very much like a dude uh, to where, you know, there's a lot of females that I have to deal with. Actually, females are generally better at network marketing than males. So I make sure that I have females. I delegate females to do all the female stuff that other women aren't going to want to have a conversation with me about. So on to the lightning round. All right. (laughs) Okay. Sorry about that, brother. That's all good. It's all good. All right. So as we know, coffee's for closers. What's your favorite kind of coffee or comparable drink? Oh, boy. I love my coffee, too. You like it black? I wish I could drink it black because I have cream and sugar in mine. Uh, so I, I like I like it about the color of my skin. Uh, that's, how, <laughs> that's how I like my coffee. Preferably uh, second cup. Dan right here, Barhaven uh, in Ottawa. He's a super dude. Just actually opened up a new store in Canada. Super plugs. What's going on? I need free nice. coffee for life. There we go, right? Awesome. Right? I don't want that money going out. I want that money coming in. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> uh, what's the number one book or movie that you would recommend to sales reps or I guess team members in your case uh, when okay. they come on board? Movies that say relax and have some fun. Watch Shawshank Redemption if you haven't already. What a great movie. It can't always all be about sales and so on and so forth. I remember when my YouTube was nothing but sales stuff and I thought, man, give yourself a break sometimes. Uh, so I just watch silly stuff. Uh, in regards to a book, and we're going to get serious about this, How to Win Friends and Influence People. If you have not read this book, I don't even know. You need to talk to your mentor 
after you've bought that book and then slap them across the face with it because that's a book that is a must read. Like this book was written as a guideline on how people should interact with one another. I, I absolutely adore it. Carnegie is a genius. And the fact that he wrote it so long ago and it's still applicable today really speaks to its truth. And I think I've even got an updated version that's added in like the technology and social media into it as well. So yes, yeah, but the core concepts still remain the same mm-hmm. still so many years later. Awesome. Um, so who's someone you've considered to be a mentor in your life? Oh God. So many, uh, my mother, uh, my mother would be my first mentor and someone that continues to, uh, mentor me today. Uh, my, my personal development book is about her or revolves around her. So uh, she passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, and then second to that, you know what? There, there'll be a gentleman named John Martin. Uh, I'd have to give him some love. Uh, and then actually, <laughs> Rob Hamilton, it's been so long uh, since we, we've worked together. I met him in a company called Vi many, many years ago. And he was one of these heart on your sleeves uh, type individuals. And he was just the right person that came to me at the right time that just was really genuine family guy, uh, came from the high tech sector. You wouldn't think he'd be so <laughs> so good with people like he was. And he taught me I, what I believe to be uh, one of the most important rules when it comes to sales and just being a good person, uh, which is taking the time to listen to what other people have to say. Love it. So here's my, my my most fun question. What's the strangest thing that you do in your daily routine to stay on your game? Oh, my God. The strangest thing that I do to stay on my game. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a good one. I don't, I don't know if there's anything really strange uh, that I do. I kind of – maybe I talk to myself a little bit, you know, so <laughs> – you know, Tony Robbins would call that priming, right? That, that I would prime myself. I don't do it in any weird fashion other than I'm naked and usually outdoors on my balcony. Is that, is that strange? I've seen your balcony and it's not enclosed. So. Okay. Well, maybe that's, that's strange to some, right? It's a matter of perspective. All right. So naked priming. Gotcha. That's the note we're going to end on. All right. So. <laughs> oh, Jason, really? Please ask me one more question. Oh, my all, God. Right, all right. All right. All right. You can end all on right. that. It's all good. So, um, so I want to know, I want to share with people where they can learn more about. I think I froze there. Okay. My, your book's you in did. progress. We've got the Launchpad podcast, which they can find more about. Um, and of course, you're, you're just kind of everywhere in the city of Ottawa. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? I have a. Uh, a website in regards to our showcases. Uh, so there's showcase in Armpire and there's showcase in Pembroke, and those happen every spring and summer. Uh, so we're looking forward to 2020. So if you want to find out more about that, showcase in Petawawa.ca. Uh, we do over 150 vendors, uh, sometimes up to 180 vendors, uh, depending on how large of booze that people are getting. We do 10,000 people through the door. Uh, it's phenomenal. You'll you'll have a great time. So if you have an MLM. Uh, any type of business, traditional brick and mortar, uh, bring it on to showcase in Petawawa, then showcase in armprior.ca. I also have a dog sitting company, dog sitting done right. I love to do that. I love my, there's a whole bunch of dogs right here that have been incredibly well behaved. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook at Jman is alive. Jason Petrunic pet run IK. Of course, you've seen it along the bottom the whole time. And I'm sure my forehead has been banging that banner at the top. Uh, and 
God, there's so many other things, but I'll just, I'll leave it at that. And my personal development book that I'm working on right now is called Lessons from the Fourth Grade. Uh, my mother was a career fourth grade teacher and it's going to deal on obviously personal development. Uh, there's going to be some legacy in there in regards to my mother because she was an absolutely beautiful person uh, and left a impact on everyone that she met. Uh, and then also it's going to deal with the fact that she she passed away from cancer. So, uh, you know, anyone that has been touched by cancer, which has been everyone, anyone that has a parent, a mother, et cetera, uh, this book is for you. And I, and I hope that it finds you well. Well, and, and Jason, I appreciate you giving me a chance to have a little sneak preview of the book as well. And from what I read and heard, beautiful start. So I look thank forward you. to ha having it be completed. And thank you so much for being our guest on episode eight. Can't believe we've been at this for eight weeks now. Uh, but thank you. And thank you, the watcher and listener for being a part of this. This has been Sales Team Rescue. This is Jason Petrunic, our guest today. And I'm your host, Jeremy DeMerchant. We will see you next week, Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for a shameless plug of my book, Put Me in Coach. Thank you, Jason. Um, and soon I will have a book in my hand that will be yours. We'll give it a plug as well. <laughs> Guys, we'll see you next week. Take care. And remember, get uncomfortable, get results. Cheers. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com. Salesteam Rescue.